0: FM podcast this is Scott Kesterson and tonight you're listening to a conversation with Maria Z this war is real fighting is everything even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher. Soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And tonight is Friday, September 1st in the year 2023. Tonight, we have a very special guest. This is Maria Z of Z Media from Australia. She was here visiting in the States, and I was able to get the introduction and get her on the show, and it's just going to be a great interview that you'll, I know that you'll enjoy it. She's going to, she brings a lot of perspective on Australia, which obviously has been difficult for us to get a true context of what's going on, and just brings hard hitting and brings the receipts of what's been going on down there. Now, just to kind of give you a background, Maria Z will tell you a little bit about her story, but this comes right from her website, Z Media. Controversy has always been comfortable for me. Most people searching for the truth are are the same way, and that is probably what has led you here today. In the midst of the greatest deception to ever sweep over humanity, I decided something needed to be done on a larger scale than the already uncomfortable conversations I was used to having with those around me about what was really going on in the world. In 2021, I decided to launch Z Media, which has quickly evolved into one of the most trusted, uncensored sources of information in Australia. Those who have been on the journey with me would agree that I mean it when I say I, sh- I sh- share the truth at whatever cost. Salut, salute to Noahs of our generation. God bless, Maria Z. Great channel, by the way, if you haven't checked it out, Z Media, which is with three E's, Z-E-E-Media.com. Really worth following. A lot of information relative to Australia, and they are in in many ways, they've gone through much greater hell than we have here in the States. Uh, Patriots, before we get going tonight, one thing that's absolutely clear is we've got to be prepared and armed, and unfortunately, in this day and age, You have to be well-skilled and keep your skills up because we just don't know how crazy things are going to get. The problem we have right now is the cost of ammo, which increases, and the time even to get to the range. That's why we have iTarget Pro, where you can do this from the comfort of your living room, and you'll be able to do it safely and train with your firearm. Patriots, right now, many Americans are feeling powerless. The economy isn't stable. Crime continues to plague our communities, and those in charge don't seem to even care. There's something empowering about knowing that you have the skills to defend yourself, and that's why I endorse iTarget Pro. This revolutionary system allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm, anytime in the safety and privacy of your home. No more inconvenient trips to the range, and you still have a ton of practice ammo. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm, and start your training experience. Improve muscle memory, increase reaction speed, side alignment, trigger control, and more. iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, including 223, so that you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Save 10% plus get free shipping with the offer code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, when you go to itargetpro.com right now. Again, 10% using your promo code BARDS, plus free shipping when you go to itargetpro.com. Don't rely on the government to make you feel safe. Empower yourself with iTargetPro. Pro. That's the letter I, targetpro.com. itargetpro.com. Offer code is BARDS. Well, Patriots, we're in a very interesting time, obviously, in our nation and in the world. COVID-Con 1 is under our belt as they start to threaten COVID-Con 2. And... We're seeing corporations already starting to ramp up. Hospitals are warning nurses and doctors that they're going to wear a mask. We're hearing airlines tell us that we're going to have to wear masks and go through biometric screening. Other corporations, government agencies are starting to put out the word there's just going to be more COVID-con coming. Even a new injection, one of the new versions of the death shots, are coming to promise you that you're going to be compelled to take it. That was the hand puppet Biden who was saying that himself. We have to get vicious now and ruthless in this period of time. And really, any corporation that decides to make the pivot to supporting masks or pushing a mask, it is essential that they get crushed and destroyed. In other words, we have to do the Bud Light action on them and be done with it. Bud Light literally has to become a verb. We're going to Bud Light you. And in so doing, we have to devastate these corporations and ruin them. If there's anything we learned last night from Ed Dowd, it should be that Wall Street is made up of mercenaries for money. And when they lose money and see money being lost on the investments they make, they, they change course. But it has to be hard-hitting, and it has to be devastating to the bottom line. So that's up to us, and that's the empowerment that we carry. And with that, we begin to take back this world. All of this is being made possible by great voices that are continuing to press the truth to wake people up and stand more together. Now, it's really amazing, too, when we start to talk about from different continents, the different things that were going on, to realize how similar the situation has been and how global this attack has been. Australia was actually used as a test case to see how far they could push the public. And Maria will speak to that. But it's important to keep in mind that we are literally in the sense of this as God's children all in this together. And we have to keep that focus to keep raising up the mighty voices of, around the different continents and the countries around so that we are literally fighting one fight. This fight is to expose, rout, and decisively destroy this enemy. It has to be ruthless, and we have to be relentless in our press. And we have to do so in such a way that this enemy will never in our lifetime or for lifetimes yet uncounted be able to rise again. It has to be that devastating, that permanent, and truly a complete total reset of the world orders the way we know them. Patriots, in that said, we also know that there is going to be and continues to be a great press on, against or push to use food as a weapon system. Don't let that happen to you. One of the ways that we deal with that is to make sure you're stocked up on a with a good food plan and having a baseline of emergency food. My Patriot Supply has the and is the best supplier for those types of foods, and they have an amazing sale going on right now, $200 off on the three-month emergency food kits. If you will go to preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com, you'll be able to find those that great savings and take advantage of that and to get a food system for each member of your family. You should have a 90-day food system for each member of the family in your household, and that should be your baseline of emergency food. That's food that stays on the shelf for 20, 25 years. No worries. If you need it, you can grab it, you can go. You always have it. It's a great investment. And what's the worst case? We get the end of 25 years. We've had peace and joy. There's never been a war. Everybody's dancing in the streets, seeing Kumbaya. Crack it open at 25 years. Do the re- look back on time and say, gee, what an easy time that was back there when the pedophiles were trying to rape children and children were getting their weenies cut off. How easy a time that was. I doubt that's going to be our reflection but nonetheless head on over to pa- my my patriot supply use the you just go to pr- preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com to take advantage of this great savings and to get yourself stocked up on emergency food today. All right patriots so I had an, a great conversation with Maria I'm going to bring it to you now let me introduce to you Maria Z. Well patriots today I'm really honored we have a Probably the first time we've had a guest who runs a really significant news and, and uh, information program out of Australia that has come to join us, Maria Z. And if you don't know her program, that's Z with two E's. You need to check it three. out. Three Z's. Three, yeah,
1: three E's.
0: Three E's. Three E's. Did <laughs> I say Z's? Okay, so that's three E's. Well, let's just jump to it. Welcome to the show, Maria. How are you?
1: Oh Scott doing so well. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here with you and your listeners.
0: Absolutely. So, let's get back to the name. It's it's Z with three E's, correct?
1: That's right.
0: Okay. So, pages, I have to apologize cuz I just got introduced to Maria yesterday. Started the research her channel last night. Fantastic work. You really are doing great work down there, Maria.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate it. We really um we were starved of independent media in Australia and the people were asking for it so we really started up as a as a service to the people and just exploded from there because the truth matters more than anything to 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 the people so that's the story of how we got started
0: well let's talk just a little bit about yourself kind to get some context so people know you a little bit and then we're going to dig in hard to what's going on in the land of down under
1: absolutely well, we, uh, we I was working for a uh, a very large, in fact, the largest disability employment service that was non-for-profit in, in the country. I was in a very senior role in my organisation. I managed a, a team of, um, of recruitment consultants, if you will, across the state of New South Wales. And it wasn't me that was responsible, but my staff were for getting some of our customers to um, get, start muzzling up and also getting injected, and I couldn't live with myself, Scott. So I prayed about that, and uh, and really started speaking out on social media. And before you knew it, we just we just exploded. I made the decision to resign from my position because my conscience it violated my conscience, uh, knowing that my staff were were doing this. I am responsible, so um, so I resigned and and started doing media.
0: The images that we've seen coming out of Australia have been stunning. And from the, the police that literally have turned in, been weaponized aggressively against the people, lockdowns. And this is, we're still lacking a great deal of fidelity on what's going on. How bad was it or is it?
1: It was it was horrific. You, you cannot imagine. People have asked me, was it as bad as we heard? And I have always responded, it was worse. I told this story um, last weekend. I was speaking at the Reawaken America tour and um, I, I was at a protest that was deemed illegal. It was a huge protest in Sydney. I witnessed police pushing a pregnant woman. She wasn't even a protester, but they pushed her to the ground onto her stomach. They could have killed her baby. And they did it because the mainstream media was nearby, ready to record the protesters getting violent with the police. So they were trying to incite a response from the male protesters for a media grab. The actions of the police choking women up against walls because they weren't wearing masks, uh, shooting rubber bullets at protesters, arresting people at at um, grave sites, visiting their loved ones' graves. It was just unbelievable. We were told, Scott, that we can't go out of a five kilometer radius even for food. Five kilometers is 3.1 miles for your listeners. And if we so we had to order food online. And of course, many essential items were not in stock. And so they really trialed the smart city ghetto um experiment on us first. And I have evidence of that. That's that's documented by the UN that Melbourne. The city of Melbourne, the longest lockdown city in the West, was an experiment for the whole world. Wow.
0: I guess that's a lot of questions that come from that. And I'm going to start with this one. How is it that, so let me back up a minute, I spent three and a half years in Afghanistan, had an opportunity to work with Australian forces and Australian SAS. How is it that the entire population, which have a great spirit of fighting, were so willfully and easily locked down or so quickly locked down
1: it's really people have often asked me about this how did it happen uh australia is a very peaceful country um where we're friendly people We're people that generally trust the government up until the covid scam because for the most part we've accepted that corruption is just part and parcel with government and we haven't really been involved in politics or looked at holding them accountable. And so for far too long, we've just been had the you know, the she'll be right attitude, and that's what got us to this point. And the Tavistock Institute knows that knows that very well. they they really assessed the data to assist governments with the psychological warfare operations. And that's why you saw certain approaches in places like Australia and Canada that were far harsher than anywhere else because they they tested it on the people they knew they could get away with it at. Um, the the test, as I said, is documented as the Melbourne experiment um, and the UN website has it. I reported on this sometime on Infowars. I, I guest host the Alex Jones Show every week. And the, the day that I reported it, the day after it was pulled down from the web, they don't want people to know this, but it is an experiment that was conducted. And they knew, they knew that people would comply. Melbourne, for example, is a very progressive, the, the modern term of progressive, which is actually regressive, uh, very progressive city. So this is how uh, this is how they did it to our people, Scott. And sadly, I have to say, you know, when we got to the point of, I think, over a million protesters turning up in Canberra uh, at the capital. And I, I say that because there were over one million cars recorded as coming in that weekend. They microwaved us. People went home with burns under their clothing, inside their mouths. The Australians really did what they could to stand up. But huge warfare was waged on our nation.
0: Incredible. Where are you at now as a nation? Is this still the lockdowns to the extreme or has there been some tapering off of that um, extremity?
1: No. So they started to pull back on those restrictions. And I'll tell you what did it, Scott. The people of Melbourne went and protested in front of parliament and uh, they had a, a, a prop of Nuremberg. They had a hangman's noose there. It was just a prop. But that was the final straw where the government said, right, we can't push these people any further. We have to pull back. And they did. Um, and it was really in timing with the rest of the world starting to pull back, the WHO starting to ease their propaganda campaign. Uh, they they have, and I'm sure you'd agree, worldwide, they'll only push you so far because they don't want you to get to the point of where they lose control. Now, I'm not trying to incite anything here, but I am saying that they, they are terribly afraid of losing control. And in this current point where so many people are realizing what's going on and just how serious this is you know the, the we're really in an arms race here of who's going to win this war it's you know it's, it's sort of head to head at this point I and
0: mean, you don't have to worry about provoking them or causing anything i'll just say it they all need to hang from a rope and i already told people i'll buy tickets for the front row and even help pull the lever i mean this is ridiculous these people are unbelievable what we're dealing with yes
1: they are unbelievable
0: there was a report that I was following that there was, and Australia was kind of divided. There was the the eastern side was very restrictive on lockdowns, and the western side was not so much restrictive. Is that true? And it was very difficult to discern this at the time.
1: Yes, initially, that's how it started. Uh, and then they then they spread it to the other states. But let me tell you what happened once it went to the other states, Scott. In the Northern Territory, we had people being taken to camps for non-compliance. They didn't even have COVID, if you if you believe in the PCR test, which you shouldn't. Um, they didn't test positive. Uh, one particular girl, Haley Haley um, Hod- Hodgkins, Hodg- she's on my website, her story. She didn't comply with the with the um, public health orders to quarantine. Um, She wasn't sick. She was just a close contact. They took her to a camp as punishment. Then they went into an Aboriginal community of close contacts. Again, people who were not sick, people who are in a remote community, vulnerable. They keep talking about how vulnerable our Indigenous people are. And yet they sent the military in the middle of the night into these people's homes and took them to camps. Now, you had all of the um, so-called representatives of the Aboriginal community who were really just bought and paid for by the globalists. Claiming that they were they wanted to do this, they were doing this to keep their community safe. Uh, why did they escape then? We had two people escape those camps, and uh, and there was a sort of manhunt for them, if you will. After that, uh, these people did not go there voluntarily. The military was involved in taking them to these camps. So the state of Western Australia is another example. The mandates came much later to them, and uh, and they've gone to to the extreme of listen to this after. The, the mandates were over. They brought in new legislation, which I fought very hard and the people of Australia fought, but it still went through. This legislation allows for authorised COVID officers, whoever they may be, and they are appointed by the chief health officer, who is a former UN uh, guy, uh, to come into your home, strip you naked in front of your children, separate you from your children, take you to a camp, inject you with whatever they want for as long as they want. Uh, and keep you there as long as they want without your consent with no warrant to come into your home and no proof required that you are sick. So the laws that have been brought in all over the country and there are similar similar laws in the state of Queensland, which, to be honest with you, through loopholes other states can access, uh, the, the laws that they brought in even after the mandates are setting us up for the next crisis, which they are going to try very hard. To bring in Scott.
0: The big thing that's happened from COVID one to this new horizon of COVID con two that's coming is a, at least here has been an, a pretty significant awakening of people saying not going to happen again. Do you see that same trend there? And are people preparing for that sort of pushback and resistance?
1: I do. I hope they're taking it as seriously as my audience does. My audience understands this very well. I think the, the, the issue that we have, Scott, and I saw this when I gave my talk at uh, in Vegas, people may not understand just how serious this is. When I tell you that that legislation I just described to you in Western Australia is a reflection of what the WHO wants to do to the whole world, I'm not exaggerating or making this up. I have documented evidence of it. When I interviewed Dr Tess Laurie, she's an external consultant or was to the World Health Organization, she attended the World Health Assembly meetings in February of last year, and she came out and she told me that in that meeting they spoke about the next time that they bring this in, they want to forcefully inject and punish people who don't comply, and this is for all member states. The United States is a member state. And then Biden initiated the amendments to the international health regulations. Uh, Some people may know about that, they may not. But these amendments essentially declare Tedros, who's a known terrorist, as the dictator of the world in a public health emergency situation, people may know, he recently pulled back on his previous declaration that the COVID pandemic was over. So they are currently in in the works of implementing the law that that I described in Western Australia in every single country. So when I say, yes, people know about this, When I talk about this type of stuff, people kind of freeze. They freeze and they don't know what to do with that information because it's so horrific. But I need people to understand this is real. They want you locked up. They want you in camps. They want to experiment on you and they want to lock dissidents up and silence them forever. They want a complete totalitarian state. And the sooner the people realise just how serious this is, the more pushback we will get, which is what we need. We need to stand up and say, you will never get away with this again, mark my words. Uh, We need a real fierce attitude from the people right now, Scott.
0: I completely agree. You and I are in complete sync here. So the United States still has its Second Amendment right. And by no means am I abdicating violence, but I want to be very clear. Its entire intent was to make sure the government understood that there was a red line people were equipped to stand in in case that was crossed. Australia lost its rights, or at least many of its rights to guns some time ago. Can you talk to that significance?
1: Uh, well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can even tell you that during the period of lockdowns, I know people personally who were standing up, were speaking out on social media, the police came to them and, uh, you know, confiscated their gun licenses because of a traffic offense four years ago or because they had anxiety on their mental health records with their doctor from a few years back. So your Second Amendment in this country is so, so crucial um, and, and your rights to protect yourselves are so, so crucial. When you have restricted laws like we do in our country, they will do anything. To make sure that you can't protect yourself against a tyrannical government.
0: The police ultimately are from the people at one point or another. They started there. They get, were given power, authority, given a badge, given a gun. And as you, this has kind of tapered down, have you seen a change in the attitude towards the police? And have you had any police break ranks and start to become whistleblowers or realize that they've gone too far?
1: I, I know a very 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 good uh, former police sergeant from the Northern Territory. Um, I know that there are groups of police who started to speak out but we just don't have the fierce attitude and pushback that we see in say America uh we what we do have um and and this is from this former police sergeant he he described how the the police officers with a conscience or those who actually realize that that they are following unlawful orders, uh, we're pushed out of the force, Scott, and I think you've had a similar thing here, where they've they've really just filtered out the good guys and left the New World Order goons. We have a similar issue where now we're, we have a huge police officer shortage and so they're bringing in um, non-residents to the states to police the people. And what happens when you allow illegal immigrants to police the people like I think, if I'm not mistaken, they're doing in the state of California in this beautiful country uh what, what what happens when you bring in illegals or, or non-residents into your force they will comply with whatever the state asks they will be the police state they have no loyalty to the people they have no patriotism and they'll do whatever it takes to stay in the country so we're in a very dangerous position now where where we had the bad guys before they they will be worse this time around because they will just follow whatever they're told to do there's no conscience left
0: I agree with that there is an There's a positive and a negative to what I'm going to say now. And I'm only talking about it from the standpoint of awakening. So back in 2017 and 2018, there was a big movement here of the Q movement, which I always credit towards helping people awaken. Unfortunately, the byproduct of that was also a concept that white hats are in control and that there's going to be some big operation that's going to save the world from itself. Have you had a that influence over there? Because what we found here is that thinking has kept people literally on one level, it awakened people immensely. But then there, it became a point where people became disempowered because they were waiting for someone to step in the gap and not do the work that we, the people, needed to do. Have you had that similar effect?
1: I think it's a problem with humanity in general. Not everyone is a born leader, and I understand that, and, and that's that's God's purpose for some. But we're in a position where you have to be your own leader and you have to take initiative. And the reality is that the nature of, of mankind is that they'll wait for someone else to do it. And we can't do that. We, we, we are in war. We have to adapt. And we, we can't wait for one guy to come and save the day. In fact, the day that the one guy comes and saves the day is a very dangerous day indeed, as I'm sure you'd agree, Scott. That's the guy we have to be careful of. 100%. So I think I think yes, there, there is that attitude. There is some of the the Q uh, belief system in Australia. I am of the opinion that where there is. Uh, where there are really bad guys, there are also good guys working in the shadows. We'd be silly to believe that there aren't good people trying to stop this. You know, people that aren't in the public eye. But to sit back and wait for that is is so unwise. Imagine we had no whistleblowers. Imagine we had no people at the face of this. I, I go wherever I go. People say thank you. You you continue to give us courage. And uh, this isn't me patting myself on the back. It's me rec- recognizing the importance of people continuing to speak out, of people continuing to take action. if Even if there are good guys somewhere coming to save the day, that doesn't mean sit around and do nothing. You must do everything you can to continue to expose what is going on. And the more we learn about how corrupt this is, the stronger and more resilient we will come. Once you face how serious this situation is, you have the opportunity to cower or become more resilient. And I think that that's a great opportunity for humanity.
0: I fully agree. This is kind of an odd question, but I'd like you to paint a picture of Australia for us, not in the negative, but just who the people are. And as odd as that is, in America, we get a lot of perceptions. I was just playing a piece the other night from Iceland of the kids being interviewed. It's what does America look like to you? And sadly, the perception across the world increasingly is gun violence, obese people, people that are, are not super smart in politics, very obedient to a government. And that's actually not reflective of America at all. Paint a picture for us for Australia, because in the in the sense of this, we're core, we're core in, in blood, because we all came from the same place as colonies.
1: So. Yes, yeah. yes. Well, well. First, I want to say that even if people think that about Americans, I I know that to not be true. I work with so many Americans, and uh, um, the American spirit is one of patriotism and one that loves freedom, and really one that the whole world is looking to for. Uh, them to stand up, and and I think that that spirit exists here and I believe in America. So I want to say that first, Scott. But my people in Australia are, are some of the most beautiful people in the world. They are freedom-loving people because they've had freedom. They've experienced it. Uh, they've experienced a country where there is opportunity. They are honest people, and that's why they were taken advantage of because of their honesty. Uh, they are hard workers. They care for their families. Uh, much like all of humanity, really, our weakness is our honesty. And so I, I I think that we need to turn that honesty into strength. And I think that we've seen that tipping. I, I, I see how the, the truth speakers and those that stand for what is right have really become the strongest in society. And I think that to be true of the United States as well.
0: One of the things I talk on regularly has been in our country, the corruption of the pulpit, which sadly has moved us from a vigilance of Christianity and, and faith and strength in Christ, where we go back to our own origins of what we call the black robe Regiment, where literally it was the pastors in the pulpits that were leading the fight against tyranny. Or today, when we saw what happened in COVID-con, churches closed their doors and pastors went along with it in mass. Have you experienced the same thing there, the same level of corruption within the pulpit?
1: I can think of one Orthodox priest who spoke out during the entirety of the madness in the entire country, 26 million people, one priest. It is despicable to me to see how the hyper-grace movement has perverted Christianity. It is, um, you know, this, this... Um, God God wants you blessed and that's about it. Hang on a second. What about persecution? What about standing up for injustice? You know, in Psalm 83 or 82, where God is talking to the heavenly council and he's asking them, and I'm paraphrasing here, how long are you going to let this injustice go on? How long are you going to let the widows suffer? How much more does he expect that of those who he's made in his image? I can't understand these pastors and these religious leaders who haven't stood up for humanity this time where are the days where they used to hide people in their pews from the warlords where are those days that those days are gone and sadly much like the rest of the world that is that is corrupted by consumerism and the love of this world, we're seeing the same thing with religious leaders. And that is just that that it is a sad day indeed when when that is the case, Scott. So yes, we're seeing that everywhere. I don't think it's unique to America. It is it is the same in every country. I think of Pastor Pelosi in Canada who's being charged with eco-terrorism. Think about that term, eco-terrorism, which is a, I believe, a a a precursor to starting to charge people with that for violating climate change nonsense. Um, he he says this is a time of immense grace, and this is real grace, Scott. Not the grace that we're taught in the hyper grace movement, but real grace, where God has given us an opportunity to see evil and to and to to, to draw the line and say, I'm not even putting one toe on that side. It really is a period of grace where God has given us the opportunity to repent and return to true righteousness in Christ. And people have to make that decision, especially with 2.0, which they are trying. They are trying very hard right now to institute. And the timeline coincides with what the WHO is trying to do. They are trying. This is the time for pastors to stand up. I, I fear for them when they stand before God.
0: Oh, I agree with you. Ezekiel 34 talks about the judgment of the shepherds and this is yes. where literally where we are witnessing that the the understanding of their role to walk within the the word and to to preach the gospel true gospel of Jesus Christ is not centered at peace at any cost and that's what has become the corruptive influence here at least what i refer to as peace at any cost where it is everything is love everything is and it's the it's the extension of the new age movement so we we've, we've seen that corrupted influence go in yes. there to where churches i was just in last fall i was in Raleigh, North Carolina, and was stunned when I met the lieutenant governor and his comment was, well, it was his office and their comment was, he's under a great deal of attack in Raleigh and he's a strong Christian. And as I drove out of the Capitol, I could not believe the number of LGBTQ flags that were posted in front of traditional Baptist churches, which in our country, they are the ones that would never go close to that and yet they have been so deeply compromised. I'm assuming that that sort of influence has also corrupted your church system there.
1: It has, it has. And we have right now uh, the Catholic, this this is unbelievable. I, I've interviewed a lady recently. Uh, she's got her kids in a Catholic school in Sydney. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, the Catholic school is starting to teach how God is non-binary and teaching about homosexual marriages. And so the parents... Uh, raised their concerns and she decided to be the spokesperson. The Catholic Archdiocese released uh, official statements about how she's an extremist and parents are, you know, um, anti, what, what did they call them, anti-faith um, and lost. These words, to, to call these people lost, you're suggesting that their souls are in danger for for standing up for the, the word of God, Really? And so this is, yeah, absolutely, you're right. And we've seen this creeping into the New Age movement or the New Age movement creeping into Christianity, I should say, where it's so deceptive, Scott, because, yes, we want to love everyone. And under the guise of tolerance and inclusion, we've we've perverted what love is. Think about the overuse of the word love. This may be a silly example, but I can't tell you how many times I've seen an ad on the television here. While I while I've been in the United States, about falling in love with a burger, fall in love with this burger. The 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 perversion of the word love uh, has been in place for some time, and so we have religious leaders and religious institutions not understanding what love is. Love is actually dying for your neighbor for the right reasons. Jesus gave us the best example of love, which was giving up your life for another. And we've forgotten that. I I dare say that all these pastors and preachers that talk about love in a hyper grace way would actually not lay down their lives. I don't want to pass judgment, uh, you know, on, on anyone in particular, but I dare say they would not lay down their lives because they love the world more than they love God.
0: I agree with you. I regularly refer to it as the skinny jean pulpit and pew marshmallows because we become a cult (laughs) within the dead stone walls, literally, where what the the pulpit speaks to people is all that they know in terms of God, and they don't have a true relationship with Christ. And that's where we begin to fall, and people become simply obedient to a process, at least here, of I go on Sunday, I kind of get cleaned up and, and... repent whatever I did and I go back to my normal life for the next next of the week until I get recharged the following Sunday. In the meantime, let's throw the offering plate up a few dimes and I'm good to go. That that level of corruption is right out of the Pharisees. And unfortunately that has become this so much of the standard model for the way churches work these days.
1: Well let me just say something, Scott, because I what what I saw during this time for in my life and the people that I know who actually withstood this and trusted God, I mean really trusted God, they were blessed beyond measure. They weren't seeking blessing. Let me explain. I know two two lovely people who were employed as teachers who didn't go ahead with this, and they love their job. They work with behavioural kids. They were given a house and uh, you know, shelter, they were given a house when they couldn't afford their own home anymore. Uh, I know someone who w- resigned, wasn't able to find a job because of the mandates, would not get injected, would not compromise, ended up getting a pay rise in another role with an organisation that required mandates but ended up accepting her religious exemption, which was unheard of in Australia, by the way, uh, myself, I resigned from a very well-paying job to do media for free initially. We didn't earn any money. We just knew that we had to do the right thing. And God blessed us beyond measure. So and and when we say bless, I'm not talking about, you know, rolling in cash here because that's not the aim. But the, the blessing comes from trusting your father to provide for you and watching him miraculously come through every single time. And so uh, the, the the concept to me is so simple. If we just exercise the faith that he told us to, he is going to look after us. He provided for the Israelites in the desert. He brought bread from heaven. How much more for those people who stand up now for the whole world, for the souls of mankind before the implementation of the Mark of the Beast, which is coming. They are setting up the technology for this right now. How much more will he look after his people right now? And even if he doesn't, God is still good. Where is that attitude?
0: Amen. The one thing that's interesting, and it's sounding like you have a similar base, Bars Nation's an amazing network of people. We actually are in, there's, when I've tracked it now, we're like over, we're in about 120 countries. And what's amazing about every person here is in one way or another, they have either been forced out of a church or left a church for the similar reasons or, and also suffered many times the separation in families because of this COVID con. But what's happened as a result is the deeper and more intimate relationship with Christ has evolved. And in so doing, the power of grace that has been placed upon people's lives is immense. And I agree with your, your, your description there completely is that God is great and God does provide And as we lean into him and step away from this, the role that we step into is literally, we are not of this world, but rather now we are the voices to lead this world away from this horror that's being placed upon us and make the stand to save humanity.
1: Yes, absolutely, I agree with you. And I can't can't describe more of a fulfillment in my life than doing what is right. And what I know would please my father. And I often say to people, I, I don't know when he's coming back. I don't know when Jesus is coming back. But I want to be found doing the right thing when he returns. It could be tomorrow. It could be uh, 50 years from now. I don't know, 2,000 years. I don't think it's that far away, Scott. But but when he comes, I want to be doing the right thing. And I can't understand why that desire to please him isn't there or or how people have allowed that deception to come into their lives to think they are pleasing him when what they're doing just would not please him at all and i really think it comes down to where in 2 Thessalonians it tells us that they they did not love the truth if you love the truth you won't be offended by it it may it may take you um it may shock you it may take you a minute to absorb but if you love the truth it, there's a call to action in your life, how can there not be?
0: Well, I fully agree. Romans one eighteen to thirty two refers to the that they loved the creature rather than the creator, and God left them be to their ways. And there is a lot to that right now in a very powerful way. One of the big topics, just to deviate a little bit, but it ties back to the church again. Sadly, is the issue of child sex trafficking. It is a increasing awareness here of the magnitude in which we are dealing with it. We are becoming, as a public, though it's it's not new to those are doing the research, but even in the churches themselves, the exploitation and participation in that horrific crime is actually more rampant than people realize or want to, are ready to admit, perhaps. What is the situation with that perspective in Australia, but equally the reality of child sex trafficking down there?
1: I am of the opinion that there may be uh, a much larger child sex trafficking problem in Australia than than we think, and I think it's a bit of a safe haven. Much like every single country, Scott, we have people that are you know are under strict orders to shut their mouths about the fact this is happening or they'll be exposed because they're participating in it. We've had many uh, reports, even in the mainstream media, of judges and high-ranking officials that are involved in this and have been exposed for this and you know it's it's really you have to ask yourself when you go into court and you can't find one decent judge in australia how many of them are actually involved in this i can't say for sure i don't have the evidence but i can certainly ask the question considering we've already exposed you know as i said in the mainstream that that we've had judges convicted of this we recently had um evidence of childcare workers who are involved in perverted things with children. Um, this is a bigger problem than we realise. And as I said, I th- I think that Australia is a bit of a safe haven for this. I know a lot of celebrities buy up houses in Australia. Um, I just don't know how, how big the problem is every time we try to expose it in my country, it gets squashed. And that's, that's the case with most things, anything that anytime you see something of this nature being exposed in Australia. It's why I'm such a target, Scott, and I'm happy to talk to you about the ways I'm being targeted, but any time there's a huge exposure, it gets squashed very quickly. I suppose it's easier with the population and the laws that we have.
0: What about transgender care and this gender conversion nonsense that they're using as a war and tool against the children for to destroy future generations? Do you see a rise of that?
1: In the state of Victoria, if you as a parent try to intervene or stop your child from undergoing gender transition surgery, uh, which is really just mutilation, you face 10 years imprisonment and the school will take the child and conduct, uh, organise the surgery on your behalf as you're rotting away in jail for 10 years. That's, that's where this has gotten to in Australia, in in one particular state. The what, I guess what people need to understand is where this is coming from. When you read the United Nations endorsed 8 March principles, for example, uh, it talks about decriminalising sex with minors. And uh, that, they argued that in a recent hit piece against me that the United Nations actually responded to um, about my reporting. They argued that they didn't mean that. They meant um, decriminalising minors having sex with minors. The report says nothing of the sort. And so people have got to understand where this is coming from. And when you look at the front organisations, for example, the United Nations that are trying to institute a one-world government as of next month, by the way, uh, and the World Health Organisation being their medical martial law arm, uh you read through their documents and how they talk about needing to teach children about sex. Uh, this isn't just about destroying future generations, although that's certainly a large part of it Scott. It really is about corrupting the minds of the young because they want um, they want to prep the people for worshiping the Antichrist when he comes. Uh, who initially may be a good guy, but as we know, will have no morals. Um, uh, you know, completely w- w- his goal is to steal the souls of mankind. They're trying to prep the future generations for that.
0: It is truly a war. Let's talk about how you've been targeted, because part of this is to prevent that information from slipping out and to contain that information so that the new generation that's being deeply indoctrinated into this crazy ideology and even damaged emotionally and physically through these transgender philosophy or techniques and methodologies they don't want that truth getting to them so how have you been targeted
1: well i've i've been banned multiple times across multiple platforms. LinkedIn banned me very early on, banned on Twitter twice. I still haven't had my former accounts reinstated, constantly suspended on YouTube. My Facebook's been on a permanent ban of sorts since April 2022. You can't see my posts. Third Instagram account banned on PayPal twice. And then I was banned by my bank earlier this year. So what happened was uh, we had this this tragedy last year in, uh, in, in Queensland uh, with a couple of people. Who um, who who killed two police officers and the it was it was an absolute tragedy, Scott. But many many questions arose from this uh, incident, and I dare say that they're, they're not telling us everything about it. Um, you know, it, it just doesn't match up. And I've had police officers, you know, a former sergeant, really dissect this. It, the whole thing doesn't make sense. But basically, what they did was they weaponized this situation because these people were Bible believing. They came out with some domestic extremist expert um, and uh, domestic terrorism expert. He came out, um, he's associated with Deakin University, which is um, associated with the World Economic Forum, of course. And they said, well, basically anyone who believes in the last book of the Bible is uh, potentially a domestic terrorist. And, you know, you need to, on, on ABC, you may need to report these people to the police. And um, shortly after all of this, the reason I'm telling you is because they did a special on 60 Minutes on this incident and then they included a report from me uh, insinuating that I'm a domestic terrorist that's radicalising the Australian people towards this kind of violence. And uh, they used a clip that was circulating on TikTok. I'm not even on TikTok. I've been banned more times than I, I could count. Uh, They used a clip of me on TikTok warning the Australian people that in February of this year, our military was conducting training exercises to deal with internal adversaries, protesters. They weren't training to, to protect us from external adversaries. The military was training to turn against their own people. So I told the Australian population this, and then I was on 60 Minutes as a domestic terrorist for warning them about it. A week before that report was released, I was debanked My bank refused to tell me why. They claimed that it was uh, due to customer confidentiality. They couldn't tell me. I am the customer. So I asked the question at the time, is the media working with the banks at this point? Because how did the bank know to debank me a week before that report? These are just some of the ways that I've been targeted apart from the most recent, the United Nations actually responding to one of my reports. So it's getting pretty serious on this in this neck of the woods, Scott.
0: Oh, absolutely. No, and this is this is their tools. And they are, as they integrate more and more, and what we're seeing is so many of these things that they're doing are, have also been a test bed to train and improve their AIs. That includes the masking, using facial recognition with masking, their biometrics that can now see past the simple masking and compose who you are, voice recognition, the integration of, of your calls, your texts, all of this into a central database that they can con- increasingly use. And sadly, Much of this is coming out of the United States. We are, as I say many times, the unfortunate part about this is our government has always been the military arm of the triad triad of of the cities, Vatican City of London and D.C. And as a result of that, we aren't really, as a people, I think we are amazing as Americans, as people. I think our hearts are huge. I think our love for patriotism and liberty is immense. But as a government, what we have been involved in are literally crimes of humanity at a magnitude that most people can't comprehend. Is that awareness at all there in Australia? I know you said that there's a great deal of looking towards the people of the United States. Is there a separation between the ills and ways of the government versus the people of the U.S.?
1: This is something that I've been working very hard to, to show my people. Yes, there is uh, an incredible amount of atrocities that have come out of the United States government. Um, the, you know, Fauci is from America. Um, uh, uh, the DOD was heavily involved in this scam, if not driving it. Uh, the United States are involved in biological weapons development in Ukraine. Uh, the United States is donating billions of dollars to Ukraine to rebuild Ukraine as the first AI-run country in the world. That's what Ukraine 24 is about. This entire scam in Ukraine is about that. It's the test model for the first new world order AI-run country in the world. Look up Ukraine 24 for those who are listening and have a look at, um, we've reported on this, their first video is no longer on YouTube, but we've got it where they say that there will be no government, there will be no bureaucracy, it'll all be AI. And I can talk to you about the AI World Society quickly as well, Scott, because that's something people need to understand. It, it ties into what you were saying. So what I've what I've tried to do is show people that, that what, what the governments are doing and the globalists, I should say, because it's not really our government anymore, what they're doing is separate to what the people actually stand for. And I believe that to be true And and in my experience travelling, across the United States at the moment, I can see that it's not reflective of of the people here. The globalists, those who serve Satan ultimately, uh, are are not what the people actually want and not how the people are.
0: A hundred percent, it's amazing. Your revolution was, I guess, 1913, is that right, what we call the Royal War, Australian Revolution? How much is that inspiration reviving back in the nation? And maybe that's not the pivot you're using. I know for us, we're saying, you know, going forward, we're going to have to go back to 1776. Where is that mentality in
1: Australia? We don't have that moment. We don't have that moment. Australians have never had to stand up against their own government. So unfortunately, and very sadly, there's been a real, um, Many people have forgotten our Anzacs who fought for our freedom. Many people don't have respect for them. I think there's been a, um, a, you know, a watering down of that for years, um, where, you know, Anzac Day is just a public holiday and not one where we revere and remember those soldiers. So uh, I have to say, Scott, unfortunately, we don't have that 1776 moment in my country. I think the solution is is a little bit different with us, which is while we still have any sort of government, we have to demand that accountability from them. Um, for example, you know we've found out now who's involved in in um, this this WHO IHR amendment business, and so the people are going to demand accountability uh, from from that group. And there's more to come on that very very soon, but. Uh, sadly, we, we we don't have that that similar moment as America does.
0: You mentioned TikTok, which is a war they're waging here, and this is one of these strange things. Things we know that TikTok as a platform is has its origins in China. We've heard the interviews from the CEO, and just taking it to prima facie, and I'm trying to dig into this, where he said openly that he is not sharing data, and this is a point of free communications. And we mm-hmm. hear this constant threat of this being a Chinese platform for biometric sweep into collection of personal data. And yet, without TikTok, in many of these segments in our society, much of this news that we have, whether it's recently in Lahaina or issues of riots or issues of government issue, government perspectives, histories that are being suppressed, that information wouldn't be getting out. What is your perspective on TikTok? How is it being handled in Australia?
1: I would say that people need to treat all social media the same which is that it's a tool understand that it's been developed to get your to get you hooked on the metaverse that there, are, uh, there is a dopamine response that happens with these platforms. Use them for information, not for entertainment. Disc- learn to disconnect yourself from that process of entertainment and being locked into those dopamine hits. I think that all social media is currently weaponized against the people in, in that way and in the ways in which you were just describing, Scott, which is, yes, they are collecting every single piece of our information to feed it to AI. I think that AI is far more advanced than what we realise and I, uh, you know, recently exposed the UN100 plan for the AI World Society where they want to force everyone into the metaverse after they have put them into these smart cities. Everyone will be so darn miserable that they're forced into the metaverse uh, and you will only be rewarded for your for your growing of this digital world that that the enemy is creating. Um, because satan can't create his own world so he's making it in a digital world and so people need to understand that you this is your tool for information warfare and nothing more than that and when you engage with that tool you are allowing their ai world society to collect your information you decide whether you want to be part of that or not and i think scott that the time will come where humanity has to disconnect from all of this altogether in fact The World Economic Forum and Yuval Noah Harari has said the time's coming where you can't participate on the internet without a digital vaccine. What's he talking about? He's talking about a global health certification network and a zero trust model where you need to be verified. This is kind of what X is about. You need to be verified in order to be trusted to use the internet. That uh, that th- that's coming very soon. So there will be a time where people have to say no. I'm not taking part of this. But while we still have that tool, we need to use it in the information war. It really is a race.
0: It is, and I'm so glad you mentioned X because this is one of the things that drives me nuts: this worship mm. of Elon Musk. That dude is as much a globalist as anybody else. In fact, his wealth has been generated by our own Pentagon with the investments that they've made into the various technologies that he's done. He's he's more of a hand puppet on the face of things. He's not the substance of what's behind it. And X is a platform to, to test run this Zero Trust Network, which was piloted originally in DARPA and NSA and then brought in, is being brought into all of the Department of Defense as a standard. And I believe the year is 2025, though it might be 2027.
1: Yes. Elon has openly said that he wants X to be like WeChat. Have a look at what happened in China. First of all, how difficult it was for the Chinese to get information about about the fact that their government was locking them in burning buildings to save them from the sniffles um, and burning them to death taking them to quarantine camps in the millions, Uh, this information was so suppressed out of China while it was happening to these poor people. And so um, WeChat was weaponized against them because everyone's on WeChat, they do everything, their lives are on there. And uh, immediately, as soon as they started to speak out or leak this stuff on social media... Their, their lives were disabled on this platform. They couldn't communicate with people. They couldn't buy or sell. This is what Elon is building. And so uh, it really is, I see it as a honeypot and a trap. I use it as a tool. Uh, and by the way, recently there was, an, I, as, I, as I mentioned to you, I still haven't had my former accounts reinstated, so I've got a new one. It's very hard to rebuild and it's very shadow banned um, still to this day. But um, I, I have an impersonator on there. I still do. I proved it to Twitter and uh, or X, and they responded to me and they said, "Oh, well, we need a bit of bit more proof that you are who you say you are. Can you email us from your official domain?" So I did. I emailed them from my Z Media address, and they said, "Hmm, that's not quite enough. We need your official government ID to prove you are who you say you are." And I said, "No, no, no. We're not we're not, we're not playing this game." So my response was just to warn people: there's an impersonator. They won't take down a fraudulent account that's scamming people financially, pretending to be me until I give them my government ID. Why do they want that? Why do they want that when I've already proven who I am?
0: I have to tell you very honestly, I'm very proud of the fact that I've been banned for life. And it's probably came from the fact that I called at Jack a pedophile about 150,000 times.
1: So (laughs) um,
0: anyway, it's all and it's interesting what you're saying, too, because people don't realize that they so know your basic data, whether it's your phone or email, that it's it's even it's at a deeper even deeper level than that. It's very hard to spoof their systems anymore to set up a fake account unless you literally buy, say, a, a, a track phone and something as a disposable phone or something like that, because they really do track everything.
2: Yes.
0: Communications in Australia. I'm assuming you guys are at a 5G level now. They've pushed that out across the the country. I'm assuming was that an a, as it was here this rapid acceleration of 5G in the midst of COVID con. Do you see some correlations between COVID, Khan, and the sicknesses of 5G, etc.?
1: Absolutely, and I've spoken to 5G weapons expert Mark Steele from the United Kingdom. 5G is a weapons system. People must understand that. Um, he he's spoken about the correlation between sickness and and what this weapon actually can do. Uh, I'm very concerned at this point, Scott, because of what's been injected into people through my discussions with various scientists, pathologists, doctors, and researchers who are looking into what's in the shots and what's being found in the blood of people now, so many anomalies and technology that has never been seen in the blood, Um, and this is something that scares a lot of people, but, you know, I don't shy away from the truth. I'm very, very concerned about the next round that they're they're planning, whether they're going to be able to um, uh, affect symptoms through this weapon system um, and what's inside of people now um you know similar things are being found in the blood of the uninjected too that because of shedding because of geoengineering because of all of the the things that they're putting in our food um i am concerned for humanity we we have grossly underestimated this weapon of 5g and um you know for example i i interviewed um lisa mcgee she works with todd calendar a wonderful attorney here in the united states And she's found in the patents things like cesium um, in the shots, uh, you know, programmable viruses, endless, endless patents of what's been and can be programmed in real time into people. And we think there's a potential that AI could be doing it too. Uh, I know this is real sci-fi stuff, Scott, but I have to tell you about it. People really need to be ready for anything at this point
0: not sci-fi here on this channel. and I, So I agree with you 100%. We, <laughs> trust me, we'll go so far as entertain the idea. We might even have a lizard heads once in a while. Who knows? But um,
1: <laughs> who knows at this
0: point? It's like, it's like we were laughing before the show. I mean, it, the the magnitude of insane is gone. That 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 point of no return is something we're now walking into, to where you literally don't you just about expect anything anymore. Anything was in the realm of possible with what we're witnessing and what they're willing to do. And I think we only have to look at Lahaina to realize that what they're they're willing to do has to be in people's minds, that they have no bounds to this evil and they will do whatever they see necessary to suppress the people and to keep them enslaved.
1: Yes, I agree with you. And, and I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up because it goes back to what I was saying before. Once you come to terms with this and, and so many, I, I, I've i got a lot of atheists in my audience, Scott, and you know, they, they criticize me for, for speaking to them about the Bible, but I'm not going to stop doing that because I have to tell you the truth if I love you. And so When I say to them, you may not believe this. You may not believe in Satan. You have to understand that the people pulling the strings do, they worship him and they are. Uh, enacting everything that, that that's happening is according to what he wants, and so once you understand your enemy, you can respond accordingly. And what you just said was was perfectly articulated. These people will go to the most extreme lengths to achieve their goals. They will burn you to death. They'll kill you with poison shots and tell you they're safe. They will, uh, you know, bring out troops on the street. They will do anything to bring about their goals. And once we accept that we can become resilient and prepare accordingly. So people need to consider the possibilities of what's going to happen next. We're looking at things like blackouts. We're looking at, you know, cyber COVID. Look at the World Economic Forum and what they say about cyber COVID, shutting every single communication device down. Think of what that will be in, in a few days' time if you haven't prepared with food. I know you talk about preparation a lot, Scott. If you haven't prepared with food, if you haven't prepared with alternative power sources, if you don't have your stuff in Faraday bags, uh, th- this, this is something we're at that point now, you know, a real Mad Max situation where we have to be ready for this. Things may look normal outside. We still have our resources and everything. We've got to be ready for a time that we don't. And to stand up for for our lives and for what's right and until that time uh you know where something unexpected happens and i think it may we have to fight with everything that we have
0: 100 a couple of comments i want to go back to and you know, when we were discussing about the church and i think this is very relevant in this segue one is this what what i call the revelation theology we have had this this is another one of the corruption of pulpits it's this pushing forward that revelation is imminent and that our role in Jesus Christ is coming to save us, which none of that I deny, except that it's the timelines that people start pushing, which as a result, have a disempowerment of the role as we are as Christians. Because what you said earlier, you and I are in exactly in sync with. I will, I've told people all the time. If I got a hot call from God right now and said, Jesus is going to be there in one hour, I'd say, great, I'll be on the front lines working. Tell me when you have him come get me when when he's here, because I'm not going to stop what I'm doing because my mission has always been ultimately to rescue, to heal, and to restore. And that does not stop no matter what until the day our king literally almost puts his hand on my shoulder and says, okay, my son, that's enough. What's your thoughts?
1: I couldn't agree with you more and I don't think I can say it any better myself, Scott. Um, It's much like what we were talking about before with with the white hats, right? It's like like the church has projected this, Jesus is the white hat, so just sit around until he gets back. No, no, what are you doing? Are we labourers or what? You know, when he says the labourers are few, are you going to be the few, or are you going to be the ones who aren't even counted in the few? I can't understand this mentality of sit back and wait. Uh, and, and I agree with you. You know, we have a minimal amount of people actually speaking about Revelation, even though we're told that anyone who speaks from this book is blessed. Uh, And and when they do speak about it, it is that sort of just wait until Jesus comes and saves the day, sit in your four walls and pray. And I don't deny the power of prayer or, or the importance of sitting in your four walls and praying, but that doesn't mean don't do anything else. And it may not be. You know, speaking out on a media platform, that's not for everyone, but I can give you an example. I just met a mom over the weekend who saw the injustice of the mask, you know, the the insanity, I should say, of masks in her school and just started collecting data about the danger of masks and why this is wrong and studies and you know, how these have been used to enslave people in the past. She, if her children go to a Christian school, she got the masks overturned in her school in the middle of COVID. No kids wore masks in that school. That's one example of someone who said, this is wrong. I'm going to do something about it. And don't underestimate those small, seemingly small victories because they're not, that nothing is a small victory when you are standing for righteousness and righteousness is is just as contagious if not more than evil uh when people see you doing what's right they'll have courage they'll stand up as well whatever your sphere of influence is whatever you're passionate about or have talents in put them to good use and you will change the world quicker than you know it look how much awareness we've raised about this scam about all of the injustice over the past three years because a few people said i'm gonna speak out there aren't billions of us speaking, let's be realistic. There aren't billions, but the ones who are and who are relentless in it are changing the world for the better. Don't ever underestimate the power of being obedient to God and standing for righteousness.
0: Oh, so well said. I mean, we have the examples of David, one against the great great power of Goliath that got leveled with a stone. We obviously have Gideon who sees his army of many reduced down to 300 God shows us again and again that it's the heart that matters, not the numbers. And I think that's what's so important about this time. And I so agree. As we kind of wind this down, talk a little bit about your travel over here. I you have traveled the world literally. And since COVID Con, I just said, no more. I'm not going to deal with the stupidity. Uh, even we're coming up to a, an event here in Kentucky, um, in which I'm going to be driving to because I just won't fly in this ridiculous environment. But you've managed to fly internationally, and you've had to go yeah. through the, the U.S. <laughs> nonsense of entry. You've had to go through your own country's you know, export or leaving the country. What's that situation like now from kind of a, a on-the-ground, real perspective of what you just went through?
1: Look, uh, it, it was no issue leaving or coming in. The, the injection mandates, uh, the U.S. ended uh, in May, at least for now, uh, so we were able to get in. Um, without any issues. But uh, I think people need to understand that's that's not going to be the case much longer. In fact, just now out of uh, our Australian parliament, not many people caught it. There, and there was only one article published about it. They said that um, in order to meet our net zero promises or our climate promises, we're going to have to limit flights into and out of the country. They want us landlocked in Australia, unable to escape those times are coming for the whole world. Um, if you read the ARUP report, which is, um, you know, funded by the Clintons and things, uh, you know, pe- people like this, uh, it says that the future, uh, the report is the, the future of urban cities in a 1.5 degree world. You can look that up, ARUP, A-R-U-P. It says that they want you consuming zero kilograms of meat, uh, no private vehicle ownership, no dairy, uh, three items of clothing per year is all you'll be allowed to purchase, and fifteen hundred kilometers of travel per person every three years. So this jet setting around the world is going to be short lived unless we stop these people. I can say that you know throughout my time in, in America, I've, I've been on one local flight and it was terrible. <laughs> the experience was terrible, but um, I plan on driving um, most of the time while I'm here because much like you, Scott, I I just can't deal with with not only, you know, you know it's it's caused so many inefficiencies. People just don't care anymore because of the way that they've been demoralised and hammered by their government and even the ones who don't realise that it's happened to them, it has. I feel like people are not as sharp as they used to be. Um, and so I, I am. I'm, I'm really concerned for humanity, particularly those who've been injected, um, and and the travel industry is one reflection of that. Look how many pilots. We just had a pilot die in the toilet on the plane. What a what a horrible way to go. That is so degrading. Uh, and so you know, I think they've they've purposely this 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 uh, collapse of the travel industry has been purposeful in order to prepare people for the time when they tell them you can't fly because of climate. But but John Kerry gets to because he's too important, right?
0: Well, it's all, we're heading into this era of private jet and private airports with the model that I've seen, yes, especially in here in the States, where ultimately they just want one airport or one on each coast for people. So ultimately, the idea of destroying the airlines is part of their plan.
1: Yes. Yes, it is. And it's documented. As I said, people need to look up that report. It's by ARUP and it says there 1,500 kilometers of travel per person every three years. That's not much.
0: No, you you you'd exceed that with a flight across the country, and you'd be locked down yeah. for generations or something like that. Where can people find you, Maria? That's because you you just you have a, such a great voice and a powerful voice, and it's really important that we start bringing the people in our bring our nations together that are awake and not just realize that, not just have an Australia issue or an American issue. I know you said you host Infowars. Congratulations, that's awesome. Thank but where can they find your work?
1: Yeah, so all of our work can be found on Zmedia.com. That's dot mediacom And you can find me on Rumble, Maria Z with three E's. Uh, I recommend people subscribe. I don't just talk about Australian issues because a global takeover requires a global response. So we have to work together. That's why I'm in the United States right now. I know that this place is the last bastion of freedom. I love my American brothers and sisters and I'm working together with them uh, in, in as well as the Australians to secure the freedom of the world for the future. I believe, you know, as, as difficult as the things that we've spoken about, are, Scott, and as hard as they are to hear for some people, I don't believe this situation is hopeless. I wouldn't say so if I didn't feel that way. I I, I know the resilience Of humanity. I know the creativity of humanity, something that these globalists don't understand. They don't understand creativity and especially creativity that comes from God. We are smarter than we think. We're certainly smarter than they give us credit for. And I I truly believe we can come together and resist this. It requires massive, massive pushback and the people to stand together. And I believe we'll get there.
0: I fully agree. There are more of us than them for sure. Maria, we always close with a prayer, and so today I'd like to extend the invitation to have you do the prayer for us at the close.
1: Oh, I appreciate that, of course. Thank you, Father, for all the listeners of this broadcast and for Scott's powerful, powerful ministry. Lord, I pray that you continue to magnify his voice. I pray that you continue to magnify this broadcast and pierce through the lies with the truth, Lord, this spell that the people of the world are under. We want to break that spell, Lord, and we know that your truth is more powerful than the lies. We thank you, Father, that you always care for us, that you always provide for us, and we thank you for this amazing opportunity to trust in you like never before forefather we ask that you help us remain humble and submitted to your will above our own lord let your desires be above our desires as we move forward to serve humanity and save the souls of mankind through the word and the knowledge and the love of jesus christ and his great sacrifice for this world lord we thank you that you have entrusted us with this mission, and we pray that you help us continue to serve you faithfully. Let us not put one step, one foot in front of the other, unless you're with us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Father, just please bless Maria and all that she's doing, continues to do, to raise her voice up and to continue to build the bridges, not only amongst the many in Australia, but amongst the nations. Let her be a voice that resonates and continues to bring people together to the greater awareness of this evil that we must now in this hour stand, stand one mindedly in the body of Christ. And we say these things in Christ Jesus name.
1: Amen. 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 Scott, thank you so much. It was such an honor to speak with you and to be here with your listeners today. I I just, I want, I want the people to know that the love in our hearts is so much stronger than the hate in the enemy's heart. And we have to we have to believe that we will win and we, we we must keep going and I know we will.
0: Absolutely. Maria, you are welcome on this show anytime. That door is open. So um it's just been an absolute pleasure and it has been a great honor to have you here, especially with the bridges that we're needing to build to bring awareness and to bring the two models together so we start to understand that we're actually all in this together, literally in the in God's way, <laughs> not in the COVID Conway. but but that we truly are fighting the same fight. So thank you very much for your time today and just bless you in your travels. And again, you're welcome anytime.
1: Thank you so much. Scott would love to come back. God bless.
0: God bless. Well, Patriots, that was Maria Z from Australia. Fantastic. That's Z Media, Media zmedia.com, Z with three E's, E-E-E. Great interview, great person, fantastic researcher. Strong voice for Australia is working hard and relentlessly to raise the truth and wake up the normies, the zombies, the vexed, damaged, whatever else we've got. That list is getting longer all the time. But we've got to shake the trees, keep standing up, stand for truth, stand in the light of God, and walk mightily in this hour, fearlessly. That's the key. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. We have Brad Cummings on tonight for Fishers, so don't miss that. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now.